Hello, and welcome to One Hit Blunders. I am your host, Cameron Fontaine. And I'm your other host, Matt Gasper. Um, so what we're trying to do here on One Hit Blunders, um, this is episode one, take two. So I'm going to call it episode 1.5, because we're almost there. What this is, and what this podcast is going to be, is identifying uh, songs that may have been considered One Hit Wonders, listening to their entire album that they came from, doing some research on the band, and figuring out basically, was this a one-hit wonder, or was it a one-hit blunder? Basically meaning, is this the only song that they had that was great, that would make them a blunder, or do they have a greater body of work? Are they actually a wonder? So that's basically the goal of this podcast. Matt, what song did we go with today? Oh boy, we went with (laughs) the smash hit of the mid-90s. Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. You might know it as... And boy, do they get up again. They <laughs> get up again so much. I, I think it's something we have to settle first. Chumbawamba? Chumbawamba? I've always said Chumbawamba. I have too. I've never heard them say it. Because um, until we recorded this, I did not know that they had other work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's fair. I mean, despite having been active for 30 years and releasing like, yeah, what, 15 yeah. albums or something? Yeah, it was uh, 16. 16 Dang. albums. Yeah, that's so many. And and um, Tub Thumper, the album that Tub Thumping comes from, is their eighth studio album released in 1997. I'm sure that if anybody from like the UK listens to this, they'll be like, oh yeah, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to Chumbawamba back in the 80s. Because they did chart in the, in the UK before Tub Thumping was a thing. It's, that's when they started to chart in the US. Mm-hmm. Where we come from, in our country, and I mean, <laughs> they they obviously had to have been doing something right to, you know, have such a such a body of work, and to have seven albums before like actually having a international pop hit mm-hmm. in a uh, tub thumping. Let's start with this. Like, how do you feel about tub thumping the track off the top? <laughs> off the album tub thumper yeah i know that's confusing i kept trying to get this straight in my mind it's like tub thumping tub thumper tub thumping tub thumper i was doing that <laughs> well um i mean my initial uh reaction to the song back in 97 when the single came out was one of amusement i guess is a good word for it i i, I thought that the track was kind of weird and strange i remember really giggling at at, at the the part where where the um female vocalist is is singing piss in the night away <laughs> like i just i just remember being like a like a well it's 97 so i was like eight year old kid being like hee she said piss um <laughs> which uh that's one that's one of the first memories i have of this song but then i also remember in high school my uh, high school physics teacher 
uh, structured a question about um, the uh, theory of relativity and like the the um, the time distortion that goes along with traveling at fractions of the speed of light. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the question was formatted as um, the band Chumbawamba gets on a spaceship traveling point something C. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> how many times would they have played Chumbawamba or would they, they would have had, would they have played tub thumping uh, by the time they get back to earth? And it was just, it was a pretty ridiculous question, but it definitely stood out to me because I actually like snickered in, in the middle of class because I, I, uh, I drew a little like diagram of like the Star Trek enterprise ship and then I had like a word bubble coming off of it that just said, I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but overall, listening to it again this morning, uh, I thought it was a pretty good song. Like, uh, just a pretty good, like, is gonna be a single off of an album. Like, when you get done, you record that in the studio, you walk out, you're like, I feel good about that. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a hit. That's a banger. Yeah, and I think you have a lot more... Uh, like background awareness of the song, it sounds like, because I, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever really listened to it with much intent. Like actually sitting down and listening mm-hmm. to it, I just remember get knocked down, get back up again. Uh, he takes a whiskey drink, he takes a cider drink, he takes a vodka <laughs> drink, he takes a lager yeah. drink, and I always thought that was fun because uh, he's just getting swifty. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I never really paid attention to the song whenever I heard it. It would just be, like, somebody put it on either at a party or at a bar on the jukebox or something. And it's like, okay, a catchy, catchy song from when I was, like, seven. Cool. Listening mm-hmm. to it now, I mean, it's, it's definitely fun and poppy. And maybe even, maybe if something like it came out today, I mean, it's mm-hmm. mid-90s pop and like pseudo house music i guess yeah i mean we'll get into this when we talk about the rest of the album but there were some definitely some like styles of music that i was like even just like doing my research on who chumbawamba is like i would not expect to come from them Mm -hmm. on this album like i imagine to those to, to those fans uh, who had been listening to Chumbawamba for years, that this was a weird kind of sound from the, for them because it sounds like they were very much in the, like, anarcho-punk scene uh, before this and kind of, like, uh, as they evolved, they kind of became more, like, folk-punky. So, like, this kind of weird, zany <laughs> 90s pop stuff. And, like, like you said, like, almost, like, house music is, like, unprecedented from a band like this, I think. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I think even if it came or something like it came out today i think it would still chart and i think it would still track fairly well just because of how catchy and despite how kind of repetitive it gets especially with Mm -hmm. the get knocked down get back up again is just saying that over and over and over for like four and a half minutes kind of wears you down but it's still it gets in your head and it sticks there and i mean really that's the key thing that matters in pop music well, that's, I mean, that's what you need to make a hit, though, is that, like, you need that kind of instant recognition and that, that uh, you know, that tune that you can't get out of your head. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the formula for, like, a, you know, a number one chart topper kind of song, I guess. Um, and I think that they really, they really hit that on the head with Tub Thumbin'. 
Yeah, definitely. Which I actually had to look up what what tub thumping was or what being a tub thumper is. Okay, so I didn't look this up, and I think our audience would like to know what that means as well. You think that they would? Okay, so um, it's a political term that uh, has to do with politicians. I think it's specifically UK politics, um, which would make sense because they're from the UK. Um, a, a, a politician jumping on the bandwagon of an idea once it's popular and gaining support. Mm. So, you know, for example, um, the the vote for same-sex marriage, once, you know, that became like a thing that was popular and gaining support among the populace, politicians started to jump on it and be like, oh, yeah, I support this, and I supported it all along. <laughs> Um, yeah, that that's okay. a, that would be a tub thumper, and so the song "Tub Thumping" is about doing that, I guess. Um, I saw some things that they were there was a miners' strike um, in the eighties that um, these guys were um, in the UK um, that these guys were heavily invested in, and they um, were politically active during that time and kind of trying to, um, I guess work with the miners or, or, or be a part of raising awareness for like the working conditions and things that, that the reasons they were striking. Um, and so tub thumping might actually have something to do with that. Um, you know, once they were popular and people realized that they were on this bandwagon, they just kind of, you know, politicians started jumping on and it was the mm. popular thing to do to be sympathetic, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of touched on uh, Chumbawamba's, political their activist leanings and yeah i mean that's totally tracks um, yeah and listening to the song i wouldn't have imagined that they were very political and this literally was the only chumbawamba song i heard before today oh yeah no <laughs> so. same here and i think the main reason for me at least that that's true and i have to imagine it's true for a fair amount of other people is that the cover art for tub thumper is the ugliest like grossest thing i've ever seen seen. yeah i don't know what it is it makes me sometimes i've done this where i'll download an album but when i put it on my phone or something or previously my zune which r.i.p my zune hd (laughs) oh your zune died my zune i i dropped it um face down in the street and the uh, screen completely shattered oh no so yeah I i still have my zune um, um, but yeah, like I, uh, like I replaced the life of Pablo artwork with, uh, like some Waluigi stuff that Nintendo tweeted out. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think I would just, I, I would keep this album and replace it, replace the album art with just like a picture of a tub, like a call, clawfoot <laughs> bathtub or something. Cause somebody, somebody thumping it. <laughs> and for those who are not familiar the the album cover is imagine the square album art right um you have chumbawamba in like a bubble uh like a sort of comic speech bubble kind of thing uh across the top uh chartreuse background <laughs> and then this... it's like it's like a neon chartreuse oh, like yeah. it's not it's not just a regular chartreuse it's like obnoxiously bright and then in the bottom right corner, this picture of a baby whose mouth has been photoshopped in with the mouth of like a human adult who's 
entire Ugh. gob has been stretched out like they're at the dentist and they got the like plastic yeah. thing in there to open and, like, it up. And just their, their teeth just like coming out at you. It looks like something out of a horror film. So as far as that goes, that's why I've never <laughs> given this album yeah. a thought, like a single yeah. thought to begin with. But it, Aesthetically, it's not great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand it. Um, <laughs> to be honest, like, I don't know what it has to do with Tough Thumping or anything, but yeah, should we get, should we get into, into this album and really like, like pick out some of the highlights and lowlights? Let's dive deep. Yeah. Let's dive deep. All right. What's your favorite song on the album? So I was thinking about this and I wasn't, uh, watching the sort of playlist as it was going track by track. Um, so mm-hmm. I wasn't visually paying attention to when songs switched over. And I think something I really kind of hated about this album is that each part had maybe two intros and three outros. Yeah. Where yeah. The, the meat of the song was maybe like two and a half <laughs> minutes. Um, yeah. just, just looking at the track list now... The shortest runtime is three minutes, 14 seconds. The average is mm-hmm. probably four and a half minutes. Um, the meat of each song is probably two and a half minutes each. Yeah, something like that. Um, with like vi- vignettes or um, what, just like little, s- not even weird skits. Sa- samplings of, of like vocal tracks. Yeah. From, or yeah, sound clips from from movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and speeches and probably like news reports and things like that. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. A lot of people smattering uh, of weird things, like shouting at politicians or uh, like you know striking or something like that. A lot of people mm-hmm. dissatisfied with the political climate, which I mean mm-hmm. fits with their whole deal and the their whole like anarcho liberal sort of mindset. Um, yeah. But as far as favorite track goes. I really dug Mary Mary. Uh, that's track nine. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. I think there was a point in the song where about halfway through, I'm like, man, I hate this song. This, this is stupid. And something I can't really point out what caught me, but my opinion had a total 180 about halfway through the song that... Oh, yeah? I was really digging it, yeah. Okay, yeah. So... Uh... I mean, we got to make this decision on air right now. Mm-hmm. Um, are we swearing on this podcast or no? Um, I'm cool with swearing. If you're cool, <laughs> you're cool with swearing. swearing. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, no, um, that's fine. I just wanted to make that. I just wanted to make that <laughs> distinction before I launched into what I, <laughs> my thoughts on Mary Mary specifically. Um, so the first thing I wrote down. Um, this is track nine. Um, for my notes for, for Mary Mary is this album is a fucking trip. Um, and it was at this point in like when this song started that I was like, this thing has been all over the place. Like is there's ups and downs. And like you were talking about like this intros and outros. And it's just like, they just went into the studio and were like, we're going to throw some shit together. Let's just keep throwing stuff on the track until we get something that sounds chaotic and weird enough that we're going to really enjoy it and it's all kind of dancey also which is a major plus um but the other thing i wrote down about mary mary was the outro had this the weird uh what i called the weird twin peaks talking 
um, where they like that did that thing in Twin Peaks where they made people like speak backwards and oh and yeah, they, it was like um, but they were saying actual words, um, and so the first thing that that came to mind was the the scene in Twin Peaks where they go to the Black Lodge and everybody's going and talking weird like that. But yeah, so those were, those were my two thoughts on, on Mary Mary. That's all I had. Um, but I did I did dig the song. Um, I thought it was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and um, I'm looking at the the lyrics right now. Uh, actually, what they what they do in the end is, you know, throughout the song they're doing like the hail mary prayer, yeah, or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not Catholic, so I don't have a real basis on that. But it looks like the the hail mary prayer that you do to uh, go to heaven or something. And um, yeah, the backwards part is just that prayer backwards. Oh, is it? Yeah. That makes sense. That's some Beatles shit right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that has the... My grandma's Catholic. I'll have to ask uh, her if yeah. that has, like, the opposite effect. If you say a prayer backwards, are you, like, taking away a prayer from somebody else? Or are you know. prayer snatching? Is he prayer snatching? I don't know either. <laughs> this is Mary Mary 3, prayer snatcher. Um, that's, 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 the new, that's the new name of this track. It's uh, the prayer, Mary the prayer snatcher. Um, <laughs> I like that I'll idea that you could just say a prayer backwards and snatch, snatch a prayer from somebody. Such an evil, sadistic thing to do. <laughs> so, how about you? What was your uh, what was your highlight track? My highlight track. Um, initially, as I was going through, I was like, you know, this is better than I thought, but I'm still thinking. Tub Thumpin' is going to be my favorite. That was like three or four songs in. Um, and then um, it, track five, The Good Ship Lifestyle, changed all oh, of boy. that. <laughs> Which, I was going to bring this up. Yeah. No, I, go on. I go really on. liked this track, but there's like just a weird construction to it. It's like mm-hmm. Chumbawamba invented rock rap. Where the, he's doing this weird kind of like rapping thing. There's this thing in the beginning where he just shouts. First mate, there is no first mate. This is the good ship lifestyle. <laughs> um, and and it's this like this kind of weird like rapping kind of vocals about the good ship lifestyle. And then um, like there's these weird rock breakdowns where it gets like kind of heavy with like guitars and it's like heavy and fast and it's, it's like. It's the weirdest thing, but I was totally digging it. Like I was, I was like, I was vibing on this one, and it it, it really ca- caught my attention. Uh, but you said that you wrote down something about what did you what did you think about it? So my and it was kind of like the same with Mary Mary. My first initial thought was, man, this track is garbage. And then <laughs> I hear like, first mate, there is no first mate. This is a good ship lifestyle. <laughs> and then it goes into that like rock riff. Um, with the heavy drums and mm-hmm. the like distorted out guitar and shit. And I don't know why. Well, probably because I've been watching almost exclusively anime for the past like two months. <laughs> but That's, a lot of my friends have been doing that. I don't know what's going on. It's like anime is having a resurgence or something. Anime is great. Yeah. But um, all I could think of was like, this would make a really great opening credits. Mm-hmm. song for an anime oh yeah i can like, see that something something like uh like one piece or mm-hmm. something about like 
pirates yeah, just like, like pirates or something or like if um like pirates but they have a mech on board and <laughs> they're just like they wear sunglasses and they're cool as shit and they don't really like shoot people but they do steal stuff but they steal it from corporations so they're yeah. cool yeah hyper mecha pirates 4 is what we'll call it um I sounds, love it. it that, and I mean, that's the English translation. I, I, I don't know uh, the <laughs> Japanese, but that's, uh, yeah, I think that that's, uh, we, we need to market this. Uh, Hyper Mecha Pirates 4, starring um, Donny Osmond and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know, uh, fucking uh, Liam Neeson as the, the, two, the two lead dubs, English dubs. Is Donny Osmond still alive? I believe, I think so. He was in Mulan. He can't be that old. Oh, man, I have... No idea. No, I gotta know. <laughs> Google! Donny Osmond. He's gotta still be alive. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess oh, yeah, so. He's only 59. He's only 59. I don't know why I thought it was, yeah, like, Yeah, because when, when the Osmonds were doing stuff, he was really young. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, he was, like, a, like Donnie like and a Marie. teen heartthrob. Yeah. So, I yeah. think, yeah, he did most of his stuff in his early to late teens. So, yeah, he's he's not even as old as I thought he was. He's only 59. So that's pretty young. Good on him. He won the ninth season of Dancing with the Stars. That's dope as hell, man. Yeah. I mean, he would have been like 52 at yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. Good on you, Donnie. Yeah. So we have a, we have a great idea for a new anime. That's it's <laughs> a good that's a good thing. This is a, this actually this podcast is all about brainstorming. Um, so if you're listening. Um, just these are our ideas you can't we're copywriting this podcast i'm mailing up a copy of this to myself so verbal copyright it's totally (laughs) legally binding um i'll have my lawyer notarize the audio file of this and the metadata oh you oh you have you have a lawyer i was just gonna do the poor man's copyright where you i'm gonna put it on a cassette I'm going to mail that cassette to myself and have that that uh, postage as the uh as the copyright date I didn't even know that was a thing. Is that a thing? It's a thing. Uh, people, I, I've heard it from multiple people. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's it's legal, but I think that it gives you a little bit of uh, security, so that if, say, somebody does end up like misusing your material or stealing your idea or something, and you have a postmark envelope that's not opened, um, you can be like, hey. This postmark envelope contains the idea that they stole from me. So I, th- I think it gives you a little bit of leverage in court, but I don't know that it would serve as a copyright. Hmm. And I mean, what modern day courtroom has a cassette player? <laughs> that's um. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, uh, what is what is what is music? Uh, what really? is music? What is music? Let's get real deep. No, um, so was <laughs> <laughs> did you have a favorite lyric or weird favorite weird sound bite from this album at all? I think I really think it was that that good ship lifestyle the good ship thing. Lifestyle thing and first mate. Just there is uh, no first mate. <laughs> TV dinners for one at the captain's table. <laughs> And I mean something something that really uh, sort of came across in my mind um, with this song as well, beyond anime, um, and sort of with the album as a whole, is it sounded like 
um, it could have been an alternate soundtrack to Train Spotting. Ah, uh, yeah. It has that same sort of, sort of housey, sort of like '90s, early electronica kind of stuff. Um, specifically, like stuff in the Good Ship lifestyle is very much kind of in in line with the choose life, choose a job, whatever garbage uh, from Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes that does make sense. And with that, like, weird the weird trippiness of that of that movie, um, mm-hmm. that uh, I think that that definitely that definitely fits. I I would agree with that assessment. Yeah. What was uh did uh did any specific lyric or any um like soundbite uh, really stick in your mind? I had two two different ones for this, and this is in the last two tracks. Um, track eleven, uh, I want more. Well, the first thing I wrote down about the song was it's so damn repetitive, so it wasn't in the lyrics, but there was a soundbite at the end where a guy just says, uh, it's like, I think it's like a news clip or something, but it it, it says, um, here's a song that caused many an irate housewife to write her members of parliament. (laughs) And I was just like, what? (laughs) Where did that that come from? Um, But, I I mean, it obviously probably plays into, like, the since this is from the 90s, like the, the music censorship and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just really liked that soundbite at the end of the song. And then, the like, more seriously, the actual um, lyric that I liked um, was in track 12, Scapegoat. And the line is, the truth's a luxury they can't afford to buy, which really uh, kind of figures into their, their kind of political aspects of of all of their music and the political aspect of their band um Mm -hmm. and i thought that that was like you know at at the end of the at the end of the album it kind of brought me back into the you know actually this this album is pretty political you just need to listen to it a little closer um and you probably help it probably would help if you were already a fan of chumbawamba to kind of get what the you know what the gist of their band is and and that would help you to glean that uh, political, it would probably also help if you were from the UK, um, because I've found that things that are political that uh, are dealing specifically with like local politics, you know, it's got to be really, um, it, you've got to be steeped in it, because like somebody wrote a bunch of uh, punk rock songs about um, like Scott Walker. I doubt that somebody in you know like China would give a shit or even like understand oh, yeah. what's going on or even like someone in utah yeah that's true yeah even someone in, in the united states they'd probably be like i don't i don't understand i don't get it <laughs> yeah and i mean i guess this is a good place to move into like the band as a whole and kind of what they what they stood for what they their personalities i guess and yeah. their beliefs and w- yeah, what they stood for, mm-hmm. I guess. So we we kind of talked about it a little bit um, in that they were like anarchists, uh, very like pro uh, working man, yeah. um, you know, workers' rights, class rights. Yeah, I saw I saw um, them described as anarcho socialists, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that that's a good kind of like way like workers rights like the the rights of the proletariat and stuff like that i I think that that kind of describes them pretty well 
Um, also, referring them to them in the past tense, not because they're dead, but because they're no longer a band. <laughs> uh, they disbanded in 2012. Um, yeah, very intentionally too. Yes, and it was yeah, it seemed very amiable and not not uh, amenable. Amenable? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, amicable. What is that? Is that it? Amicable. Amicable. It? Amicable. Yeah. No, it's amicable. Uh, it was it was mutual. It was it was a kind of like we're just we're we're not going to do this anymore. We didn't do it for thirty years. I think we did we did a good one. That was a good band. On to the next band. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they're they're just kind of done. So um, yeah, I don't I don't think there was any any um, animosity there. Didn't seem like it at least. Yeah, it didn't seem like it either. Like they all kind of agreed. Okay, we've done this for long enough. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. As far as, yeah, like what they stood for, um, you know, going through their history a little bit, they definitely were very like do-it-yourselfer kind of uh, very like, yeah, anarchist punk music or musicians where, you know, you make your own records and you distribute it yourself and you're not going to sell out. Um, And then at a certain point, you know, they were signed with... um, you know, doing stuff under their own. Uh, they signed with One Little Indian, uh, which is the uh, label that Bjork is under. Mm-hmm. So something, you know, a little bit more mainstream. Um, and then they got in with EMI uh, for Tub Thumper. Yep. <laughs> you got it in one. That's that's the album. <laughs> yep. Tub Thumper. Tub Thumper. And um, they got a ton of backlash from that. Yeah. Um, and they would. For like, quote unquote, selling out, which... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. But also, and I don't know if I can find the exact quote um, that they said, but it was something along the lines of every record label, no matter what record label you sign for, even if it's a small independent label, they're all just looking to turn a profit. Yeah. And in this like capitalist society we live in you really can't avoid that anyone who's looking to distribute music anyone who's looking to sign you on to help you make records they're not looking at you for your talent they're looking at you for a paycheck Mm -hmm. and it seems like they just went with emi because they had the chance and they could reach more people and get their music and their message out to more people that way whether it was EMI or one little one little Indian or you know whatever label they were on, like the motivations of the label were going to be the same. Yeah, it's going to be to make money and get records out there, sell records. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's what a label does. So I don't know. I think people get uh, the same thing happened to um, <clears throat> the Decemberists when they signed to Columbia, and uh, there was like this big outcry from a bunch of hipsters who were like, "Oh my god, you guys sold out!" And I mean, they're way less political with their music than Chumbawamba right. is, and they even got like quite a bit of backlash. But I think that they're doing just fine, <laughs> right? And I mean, as far as as far as that goes, as far as standing by your ideals and really representing and acting in the way that you sort of promote like Chumbawamba did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like right here in the nineties, they turned down one and a half million from Nike to use tub thumping in a world cup advertisement. Nice. Yeah. No matter who you are, like turning down one and a half million dollars 
for something that would have been no work for them. Yeah. They already made the song. That would have been free money. Um, that that takes a lot of... Um, what's the word? It They stand by their principles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, one other thing that I, that I saw that I really loved, too, is uh, in 2002, they allowed General Motors to use their song pass it along and they received seventy thousand dollars for that they then turned around donated that money to corp watch and the independent media center who then used that general motors money to mount a campaign against general motors (laughs) that's pretty great that's i mean that's very that's very punk rock punk rock Mm -hmm. robin hood uh of them to to do that um that's that's pretty cool that's admirable yeah, and I mean, I think this is me putting words in their mouth, but like, <laughs> oh please you know, do maybe <laughs> hopefully like I I I can see their intentions being like, okay, you you use our song, whatever you're gonna sell like X amount of cars, uh, we're gonna use this oil money, blood blood money. I don't I don't have a clever <laughs> euphemism for blood money for a car company, um, <laughs> but. Uh, we're going to turn this around and hopefully do more damage to you than we uh, we did to turn you a profit. Right, right. That's it. Yeah. I think that I think that's a pretty good sum up of, of Chumbawamba as a band. It gives us a little bit of a background for, for Tub Thumpin', I guess. Um, so I guess the last thing to do is, is Chumbawamba as a whole slash Tub Thumpin', is it a one-hit wonder or one-hit blunder? I'm going to say... They're a wonder. They, I think, there were definitely some bangers on the album Tub Thumping, Tub Thumper, dang it. <laughs> uh, there were some bangers on Tub Thumper that weren't singles. I mean, the first three tracks were their lead singles, yeah. and I kind of didn't like uh, Amnesia and Drip, 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 yeah. which were the the other two um, of the three singles off that album. Yeah. Um, they had some really great music. It was catchy. It was like very, um, I think, in line with like Prodigy and like early Moby and stuff like that, which I dig. And it's really great, um, especially just great music to have on while you're doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, obviously, they had some staying power being able to put out 16. Was it 16, 16 albums? 16, yeah. 16 albums. Yeah. I mean, having a 30-year career and putting out 16 albums, they they definitely had some popularity. But I think, at least in the U.S., they probably... No, they they deserved a better shot. And I think they, um, I think they definitely had some music that was overlooked by, you know, American uh, listeners. Yeah, and I, I, I'll, I, I can follow that up pretty well because... Um, I want to say that Tub Thumping, in particular, is a one-hit blunder, but that's just because it kind of took away from the rest of what the band had to offer, I think, because they mm. were just the band that did Tub Thumping uh, in America, pretty much, forever and always. I mean, I'm sure that they got some new fans from their from their popularity in the U.S., you know, people who either picked up this album or... 
uh, listen to an album and then decided to go back through their through their catalog and check some stuff out. I'm sure that they picked up some people that way and grew a fan base a little bit. But I, I think that tub thumping didn't necessarily help them get um, their message out as much because it was like the only single that really made it big in the U.S. and internationally. And they were kind of relatively obscure in America, at least after that. So I think that they had a lot more to offer. And because of tub thumping, they were kind of limited in their scope. Because just, like, the the kind of, like, recognition that they got from it was as this, like, silly, weird pop band. But I think mm-hmm. overall, as a whole, uh, Chumbawamba is a, is, a, is a wonder. Not a one hit. Just a wonder. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> because I think that they've done a lot of good stuff. Um, especially, like you know, sticking to their ideals, whether or not you, whether or not you agree with them and kind of trying to stick it to the man a little bit, um, as, you know, as a, as a anarcho punk, eventually like anarcho folk punk, which is weird. Um, I guess they get into yeah. more folk music later. I haven't listened to any of their other stuff yet. Uh, I probably will at this point, but, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's where I land on that. The song, not so great. The band, pretty cool. Yeah, and I think I'll amend my assessment to more fall in line with that. I mean, Tub Thumping is a fun song, and, um, you know, it's really good. It's really catchy. It was a great pop song, but it did kind of overshadow the rest of their other work, at least their other work on Tub Thumper, the album. Yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah, may have kept them from getting uh, a better shot. I I would have liked if the the Good Ship lifestyle would have been their single that would have been a fun oh man that would have been so great i I think i would have liked them more actually um than i did with the way it was now Mm -hmm. no all right so uh overall we thought it was pretty good we'll say yeah i don't know yeah like i thought it was a pretty good album i'd say so chumbawamba great band uh from the one album i listened to tub thumper yeah great album i i'd say um thumbs up i approve yeah, smash that buy button um, <laughs> if, if you know what's good for you. <laughs> uh, I want to just check one thing real quick before uh, we close out here. But I am uh, I'm checking um, the uh, Discogs marketplace for, <laughs> for Tub Thumper. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that was, <laughs> that was the prime time of like actual vinyl djs there have to be copies of that out there oh there's probably the single i can't find let's see here's tub thumper 29 versions cd 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 cassette 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 oh my god no it's all cds and cassettes yeah for a tub thumper i i don't see a vinyl release i know they did vinyl of their earlier stuff obviously because it's like the 80s um yeah, Tub Thumper. It does not look like they well, have Well, let's petition uh, Jack White, <laughs> I guess. Is he the yeah. <laughs> the only he's, one who like the guy, the gives a shit guy. about pressing new stuff? <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, let's petition Jack White. Tell him Chumbawamba deserves a Tub Thumper vinyl release. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get it next record store day. Oh wait, wait, wait! I got, I got something though. Tub thumping mm. had seven-inch singles oh, and twelve-inch singles and CD maxi singles. 
Okay, well, you got you to gotta so get the max. So, if you singles. want just tub thumping, if you just want tub thumping, you got you got it on vinyl. Um, smash that buy button. It's, uh, how much is it? Well, there's, like, so many. Let's <laughs> go with one of the, uh, the, the EMI, uh, 12-inch. It's got remixes on it. It's literally four versions oh, of, hell uh, yeah. <laughs> of Tub Thumping. Oh, I'm looking at this now, too. Time yeah. Shard Mix, Gunshot yeah. Mix, Mar Mix. Oh, Wait, oh are we- Marketplace, there's 11 for sale from $1.14. Sold. Sold. Buy it. And buy vinyl. and it doesn't have that uh, creepy baby face on it. So no, it doesn't. It's the I, and this is something that I looked into. This comes from that that strike that I was talking about the the miners' strike that they were involved with or invested in at least. This is like some campaign art from that. The the tub thumping cover or th- yeah the tub oh, okay. thumping single okay cover. that yeah. makes sense because it's yeah. like a Arm and Hammer like. Kind yeah. of Rosie Riveter flexing arm. We can do it. Cool. Now we know. This has been uh, one hit blunders. Um, so our verdict on uh, Tub Thumper is smash mm-hmm. that buy button um, and go, go get go that. out to your go local Sam um, Goodies. Go to your Fye. Yes. And go to demand <laughs> a copy of Tub Thumper. <laughs> do either of those stores exist at uh, all FYE anymore? still does because I won a Paul Blart okay. Mall Cop 2 Twitter party uh, <laughs> where I got a really bad t-shirt and a phone uh, sticker. I am reasonably sure that Sam Goody doesn't exist anywhere <laughs> anymore. I know it doesn't exist in Wisconsin. Uh, they're gone. They're all gone. Um, yeah. So go, go to FYE. Go to Sam Goody. And get get yourself some, get, get yourself a tub, tub tub. Go get it. Go thump a tub. <laughs>